Welcome back, everyone, to Post Caucus Day here at the Damage Board. I'm John Arola, and we've got, as we so always do in this alternate dimension that you woke up in, Brett Ehrlich joining us. Brett, how's it going? On a Tuesday, it's going up. On a Tuesday, that's right. There's an old <laughs> improv game that's supposed to teach you how to react to stuff called It's Tuesday. So it's Tuesday, John, and then you're supposed to go, but what? And I'm supposed to say, yes, and it's Wednesday. See, I know how to improv. Yep, indeed. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm terrified of the idea. circle, John. But anyway, um, yes, and a sphere. Um, see, I took your thing, and then I made it a new dimension. Uh, carrying on our dimensional continuity. Anyway, uh, so look, we have a lot that we're gonna be talking about through the course of today, and we're gonna be doing it with Brett. Not only the news, which we've got a lot of, obviously a lot of stuff coming out of the caucus, but then other news as well that's interesting, um, having to do with the primary, not having to do with the primary, some having to do with the border, some uh, prominent right-wingers going to war with civil rights icons. And Ted Cruz, was he kind of funny? Okay, we're gonna debate that coming up later on. But then also, we have to do our top 10 list for the week for the members over on YouTube. And Brett is actually gonna join us on that. We're gonna be talking about our top 10 TV shows of 2023, which was, uh, Brett, that was your pick. And I couldn't love it more, so thank you for that. I'm already looking forward to you hating my list. Oh, I can't wait, I'm genuinely curious. So sign up everybody, join the dra Dragon Squad. <laughs> I don't know. I have new headphones, so I can barely hear my like that pitch. They're hey, hella. Hey, they're every, hella members, bassy. You could be one. You you could be a member. Thank you. Be one. Anyway, um, before we jump into the news, though, I did want to thank. This is normally something we do in the social break, but um, but I but I wanted to start off with it. Uh, so recently, a member of the audience sent in paintings to the studio. And I wasn't in the studio last week, so I'm getting mine way belated versus other people. But Savant and Discord sent this, how nice. Oh my God. That's me and mine baby. That's like how a real painting. It's a, well, yes, it's a real painting and it's a good painting. Wow. And it not only immortalizes me, although my hair is different now. So I'm gonna send this back to you if you could update that. Um, but the baby and then also, the uh, dragon onesie that David Schuster got from my daughter. So that has been immortalized as well. So oh thank God. you very much, very nice of you. I, I walked in and the one of Jank uh, is hanging on the wall uh, in the area near the kitchen. Oh, I saw that. So anyway, very cool and thank you, I love it. Um, I, think, I think I look better in the painting and I'm not sure exactly how to take that. It's both complimentary, but also like, hmm. I feel a little bit bad about how I've ever since this was painted, I've clearly not been taking care of myself. So I'm gonna have to work on that. But thank you for immortalizing a prior better looking version of me. And with that said, Brett, are you ready to do this thing? Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. You've been more than a caucus and we need to get into it, starting with this. This has been an incredible experience. The people have been, this is the third time we've won. But this is the biggest win. This is a no, you big lying liar. Donald Trump did win the Iowa caucuses. Dun, 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 dun. Good news for MAGA, but he can't even win without spreading election conspiracy theories. There were lies in that, and, I, and I'm sure you can all identify one. There are two lies in that. No, he did not win three times. Ted Cruz beat him in 2016, and of course he has to deny that. If we could bring up these results, I'm sorry, but it's been immortalized. You lost to Ted freaking Cruz. 
And also it's a reminder of how close that first caucus was between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and how different history could have been had the months that came after that gone slightly differently. But no, you lost that one. And also it's not the biggest win. In 2020, you got 97% of the vote because no one was really running against you. So he both lied about his loss and lied about his win when he could have just said, thank you everyone for making me the winner of the 2024 GOP Iowa caucus. Very excited that I won and he did. And it was a fairly dominant win. If you can see this, he got 51% of the vote. And everybody seemed to expect that, which is why everyone immediately turned to, well, but, but who's second? And we will talk about that as well. But first, Brett, it has happened as largely expected. Trump has won. And thus, we take one step closer to the rematch that no one wants. Like I'm supposed to be upset at Trump because he's caught lying and he's such yes. a liar, but there's something hilarious about forgetting about Ted Cruz. <laughs> or I'm just like, <laughs> like Ted Cruz is like, before I lost big time, I beat you, John Donnie. All I had to do was just go make my accent thicker and like. I don't know. That was Iowa back when Iowans were Iowans, when they could just like they would love to throw a curveball at the situation. And truly in 2016, no one knew whether they should take Donald Trump seriously. They yeah. knew that he was just like mopping the floor with his opposition in the debates. But they, you know, this was the first actual result that's like, oh my God, this guy could be president of the United States. 100%. Yeah. And it, look, it was pretty split. Marco Rubio got 1% less than Trump in Iowa, to put that in context. Jeb, 2.8%. It's like Jeb. the scene, these are this, that's the scene in The Last of Us where they're in Indonesia being like, I think there's something in the rice. Like <laughs> before it's a global <laughs> yeah. pandemic. And then all of a sudden you and get every, this man made a fungus. And all his, yeah. and all of Trump, like two, there was like a, um, an exit poll or something or polls going in so that two thirds of the Iowa caucus goers now are election conspiracy theorists slash election deniers like two a full two third like Iowa used to be the state that would toss you like a, a, a random folksy curveball. Yeah. They'd be like, no, we do not like inappropriate people out here in Iowa. We will give you like a Gephardt. We'll give, I don't know if he won. I think he cried after he lost, but like we'll toss you a John Edwards. Like someone that's only secretly horrible, but outwardly 100%. was like, my daddy worked in a mill. Like and that, now it's that's conspiracy what they theories. were good at. And, and um, now it's just conspiracy theorists. And uh, I, wanna, I wanna talk about conspiracy theories because uh, look, Iowa was an interesting caucus in a few different ways. First of all, it had the lowest turnout since 2000 in competitive GOP caucuses, which interestingly was expected to hurt Donald Trump. The idea was that if not a lot of people turned out, then he would probably lose. And why was the turnout so low? It's not that people weren't excited, it was that it was bitterly cold. The coldest ever caucuses. Um, that have been uh, measured. And interestingly, in the lead up to this, some people had theories about what uh, was causing all of this cold. Laura Loomer, who could be our press secretary in a year, questioned whether Nikki Haley was using weather manipulation to steal the caucus <laughs> from Trump. And she's not clear there about whether it's a weather manipulating machine or whether she thinks that she is Storm from the X Men. Um, but she thought that she would make it cold to steal from Trump. Well, 
it was cold, the turnout was depressed, and yet Trump still won. So I'm assuming Laura Loomer will be starting her show today by admitting that that was a crazy thing to say. And let's also acknowledge that we're doing our show, Brett, and she's doing her show. And many people would say, "Oh, those are like the same thing on different sides of the aisle. But she's talking about weather manipulation technology, and that is insane. But anyway, um, Trump did win. So that means that thankfully we have avoided having to talk about conspiracy theories. Except no, we didn't at all because the fact that he won is not gonna stop his base. They like the idea that there are conspiracy theories. It's not like they see a thing and they have to explain it. They want to believe that stuff is being manipulated, stuff is being rigged. They wanna believe that they're being robbed because that makes them feel empowered for some reason. And you might think, well, how are they gonna think that? I mean, Trump mopped the floor with Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Well, the thing is, Haley won one county. One county by one vote, and that's all it takes to get them going. And so the pro-Trump message boards are aflame with people saying that it was rigged to give her that one county win by one race so that she could say it's a two-person race, which we'll get to later on. They rigged it so she could say that. Others saying to win by one vote is just too conspicuous. It looks like an FU from the deep state. Responses in the same thread urged Trump to call for a recount in order to trigger his opponents. So they do want to recount, even though he won overwhelmingly in 99% of counties. And the amazing thing is that they can rig it so that she wins one county by one vote and for some reason decided not to have her win overall. Why? Why do it this way? It doesn't make any sense, Brett. They're like the every everyone in Iowa that says stuff like this is like that that like soccer parent who doesn't want to put in the backups. They just want to start all their starters as they're trouncing like another group of children, thirty-five to nothing. It's like you got to <laughs> give up, and and that's like the weird, scary, fashy thing that everybody's talking about with the Trump supporters, where they're like, like it it is improbable that you would win ninety-nine percent. Of the counties, like it is improbable, and you winning, you losing one, is is okay. You you got to get over it, but that's just Donald Trump's messaging and brand. Where no matter what happens, you don't do the thing that most decent normal people would do. You have to put out this affect of like, if I ever lose anything, then there is some massive conspiracy. It smells a lot like. You know, Kim Jong Un never pooping and had yeah. hitting and shooting an 18 on the golf course. You, Brett, you just start that rumor. Start the rumor that Trump has never pooped and assert that if you don't believe that, then you are not a true MAGA believer. And in one week, Jesse Waters will be saying it. But um, here's the thing here's what's weird is like, I don't know why anyone would think that a cold caucus. Sorry. The word's funny. I don't know why anyone would think a cold caucus would hurt Donald Trump. Donald Trump has the fanatics. Everyone challenging Donald mm-hmm. Trump is going against the fanatics. Like they say it avowedly. Like Nikki Haley supporters are saying that more than anything else they're saying. 
And so the people who are like, Ugh, I know this is a losing cause. They're the ones who are most likely to stay home. Donald Trump only had like 12, 15 rallies in Iowa and the lines were around the block. People do stand out in the cold for this guy. He's the yeah, only know. one who can like inspire that kind of, of behavior in people. So it's it would it, that's why he overperformed on his previously sub 50 polling. Yeah, I just, yeah, that that is correct. When people were certain that I never really, really understood why Haley people would be more committed to go out. I don't exactly understand why that makes sense. But um I, I just wish that the conspiracy theorists would figure out what the core of the conspiracy is. Because it's weird as an outside observer that, as you say, if they lose, it's a conspiracy. But also, if they win almost everything, but not quite everything. It's a conspiracy because they simultaneously are the biggest victims in the world and everything is against them and they can't possibly win. But also they can't understand it if they don't win in literally every conceivable way simultaneously. And everything is rigged against Trump, but for some reason they allowed him to win in 2016. They're allowing him to win this time around and the polls when they're against Trump are rigged against Trump. But he's leading in the polls right now, so why aren't they rigging the polls against Trump? It just nothing, none of it makes sense except for obviously the deep psychological and emotional longing that underlies all of it. To feel a certain way, to feel like the ultimate victim and simultaneously the strongest, most awesome person that's ever existed. And that is the, there's no value underlying any of this. There's no evidence underlying any of this. There is only this hole that desires a feeling of superiority that Donald Trump gives them. And they will contort themselves in whatever weird positions mentally they need to, to briefly get that high. And the question is, do they even believe it? That's the most fascinating question for me. Or, you know, are they just like, I get to act this way? They're all giving off mob, mall cop vibes. Where it's like I, you know, they're not; they don't have any real power. There's nothing; they're just exerting a, a like this, this overwhelming swagger because they can. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Well, look, I want to get into a couple other little aspects of this. First of all, it was a weird caucus in a few different ways. Why don't we jump directly into this video and you can see some of those? Got to get out. You can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, "Darling, I got to back." Even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. See, he's joking there, except he also wouldn't care at all if they died. Uh, that was demonstrated in 2020. So yeah, the messaging got a little bit weird. Um, but also the messaging got a little bit weird in the specific way that Fox News loves when it's Joe Biden. Take a look at this. No, I was running. He endorsed me four months before I knew I was running, about four months before the Escalade ride down with our great first lady. Now, I just want you to imagine if you presented that quote just in text form and said it was Biden to Joe Rogan, he would do a 45 minute rant frothing at the mouth about how Biden's mind is dripping out of his ears. So he was endorsed before he even knew that he was running and he took an escalade down to announce that he was running. Again, that's look, that's a slip of the tongue. Donald Trump at that point has probably done 18 rallies. He's exhausted, he's running on Adderall at that point and fish fillets. He's really tired, and so it's a slip of the tongue. But that's the sort of thing that they would jump on and say, Joe Biden clearly can't even put on his own socks. Vivek but Ramaswamy went to every county twice, and DeSantis visited every county. They have been traveling and going way more than Donald Trump has. 
Um, Donald just gets to fly in. There's this amazing thing I saw in the Times. It was a visual indicator of what the rat, like the speaking engagements were. And, you know, it, within 20 seconds, including an introduction, Nikki Haley starts talking. Within 40 seconds, including an introduction, DeSantis starts talking. Trump walks on the stage and for two minutes, he's not talking. And it literally just says everyone's still clapping. Like Trump is just kind of easing his way in. He's doing the thing he always does. He's basically doing his set. He's like a seldom touring comedian at this point. He just has his hour that he just regurgitates. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my overall take on Donald Trump having no excuse for saying escalate instead of escalator. <laughs> He'd probably be like, yo, it just saves me time. I say less of the work. <laughs> So straight out of the office, basically. Um, that's actually not Which a bad is comparison. Actually stolen from an SNL sketch. Oh my God, was it? How dare no. they? Um, but insane. anyway, I think SNL is going to be okay. They've been around for a bit. Uh, yeah, I, and look, it bothers me that I, look, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it probably bothers Nikki Haley and Rodasantis that he doesn't have to try at all. He doesn't have to appear to be intelligent or curious or compassionate or connected to his voters or fully conscious or a sentient creature. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. He just shows up and that's it and he gets 52% of the vote. Man, the state of the GOP right now. I can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. You helped us get a ticket punched out of the Hawkeye State. We have a lot of work to do, but I can tell you this, as the next president of the United States, I am gonna get the job done for this country. And I guarantee you this, I will not let you down. Those comments made by Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis in the immediate aftermath of learning that they had not won the Iowa caucus make Perfect sense, assuming that those comments had been scripted for the idea that they would win. Sure, Nikki Haley, if you had beaten Ron DeSantis for second place by a significant amount, then you would be able to say it's a two person race. That didn't happen, but that's the message your campaign wanted, so you just said it anyway. And Ron DeSantis says, I will not disappoint you when he just got done disappointing them. Him narrowly beating Nikki Haley. And being lapped by Donald Trump is a major disappointment. If it's not, the only reason it's not is that the expectations have been so lowered for Ron DeSantis that nobody really expected him to do better than that. And in either case, neither of those cases are good for Ron DeSantis. And so Ron DeSantis needs to make the case for why he stays in. We know that if you take a look at New Hampshire, the polling there, he is going to be utterly destroyed. Haley maybe could beat Trump. It's also possible the polling will change quite a bit coming out of Iowa. Who knows? But Ron DeSantis is not going to be doing well in New Hampshire. And Ron DeSantis appears to know that because he's not even going to New Hampshire immediately. He's instead going to, I guess, his last stand, which is in South Carolina, where he's also trailing Nikki Haley. And it's, by the way, her home state. And so, he is looking at this point like he's gonna stick around for a little bit without a path to relevance once again. The only path he appears to have is kind of dooming Nikki Haley's chances of catching up to Donald Trump. So Brett, I wanna turn to you, where do they each go from here? They're sticking to what their strategy was gonna be if Iowa had worked better, but what do you think? 
So Ron DeSantis did not live up to his own expectations. He promised he was going to win the Iowa caucus. He did not. He fell below expectation. Also, Haley's is an is an ascendant campaign, and Ron DeSantis is in decline. Haley, you know, all all DeSantis can hope for is Haley not meeting these like is people believing a certain level of expectation that's unreasonable and Haley not living up to that unreasonable expectation. And that's gonna happen in New Hampshire and South Carolina. It's easy to convince people that if the former governor doesn't win her own state, she should go pack it up. Like Kasich beat Mm -hmm. Trump in Ohio, his home state. So that kind of thing can and will happen theoretically. But there is no one switching over to DeSantis. DeSantis spent so much money in Iowa, it's obscene. He spent an unprecedented amount of money doing like door knocking in Iowa and it failed. He has hit his capacity. Nikki Haley has more is is going to New Hampshire. You could say that it's a bunch of independents on a, you know, 11% of Republicans say that they'd vote for Biden if Trump was the nominee in general. But if you ask Nikki Haley supporters, according to a Des Moines Register uh, Iowa poll, if Trump's the nominee, who are you going to vote for? 43% of Nikki Haley supporters said they'd vote for Biden over Trump. So no one's defecting from Trump and going to mm-hmm. DeSantis. People are showing up and the people that leave Chris Christie are going to go to Nikki Haley. She's the opposition at this point. And, um, and it really is resonating among people who need somewhere else to go besides Trump. And they sure as hell ain't going to DeSantis because he just don't got it. Yeah, there's there's no indication of that. And, and I agree, look, based on what you said, and I think you're right about the lack of defections, that implies that regardless of what they do, this is really a matter of like when, not if Donald Trump wins. But in terms of if there is any chance whatsoever, DeSantis has to get out. And look, the way that I'm framing that is the overall goal is Trump doesn't win. That's not necessarily DeSantis's goal. <laughs> but but I but I think that it should be. I not do at all think his goal. no, it's not his goal. His goal obviously is for him to win. But I want to offer a little bit of advice to Ron DeSantis. Um, he is not going to listen to me, and I don't want him to take my advice because I want him to be utterly humiliated on a daily basis for the next six months, and then I want him to slink off below some rock in the Everglades, never to be seen again. But if I was to offer him advice, and if he was, this is me trying in good faith. You've got to get out of this thing right now, Ron DeSantis. Every day you stay in longer, your chance of winning. Does not improve. That is not going to happen. You need to accept it. You're never going to win, okay? You're never going to win a state. But the longer you wait, the more you anger Donald Trump, the more you anger the MAGA base. You need to be looking to four years in the future now. And I don't think that that's going to work out for you either. But that's the only chance that you have. And the longer you stay in now, the more you anger the MAGA base and poison them against ever voting for you in the future. And the more you continually remind the donors that you're going to be going to in four years that you're not the guy. The more debates that you're going to be participating in and reminding voters that you don't have the charisma or the just the natural humanness to win this thing. The longer you stay on the campaign trail, the more you remind people that you should not be there. So you need to get out of there right now. And then maybe in four years, you'll have a chance. Um, Do you disagree, Brett? 
Most of his most of DeSantis's money is from donors who have maxed out, and it really does mm-hmm. come down to money. So I think he's going to spend what he's got left. He's not inspiring any new donations out of Iowa. That's what he was relying on. And without that inspired donation cash flow, he's just going to spend every dollar he can after this, and it's going to it's going to disappear. Donald Trump is, you know, as of October, like the vast, 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 vast majority. I'm talking thirty to one is uh, donations he's gotten so far from untapped voters. Yeah. That means people that haven't hit the max. So the, Wait, the right. Nikki Haley's you. more evenly distributed, but the, there's more headroom for those two, Nikki Haley. I, that, that is an important consideration. I'm glad that you brought that up. But, but I wanna ask you, we talked about obviously his goal is to win. Let's say that we could convince him that that is just not gonna happen, dude, it's not mm-hmm. gonna happen. Should his goal be, have Trump lose at whatever cost, which is better from the point of view of Ron DeSantis of the future. That Donald Trump lose to Nikki Haley and not be the candidate or that Donald Trump is the candidate and either wins or loses to Biden. Just everybody who's not Donald Trump needs Donald Trump to get out of politics. And the only way to ensure he does that, you know, assuming America sticks together afterwards is for him to get his eight years as president done. So he wants Trump Assuming to win that would be it. and get reelected, you know, get his second four and then be disqualified from ever being president again and then just disappear and go on speaking tours. Yeah. Assuming he only gets eight. Yeah. That, I mean, that's he horrifying. Joking, but yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's horrifying. And I don't necessarily believe it, but that is what he is saying openly on the campaign trail. And isn't that fun? I get it now. Let's jump back in the news, starting with this. We are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president, absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. If you trust what he says he believes about conspiracy theories, I think his sanity is skating on thin ice. But look, you have to give it to Ramaswamy. He is able to admit that there is now no path forward for him to become president. Although admittedly prior to the Iowa caucuses, there was also no path forward for him to become president. He apparently was the last person in the country to come to that realization. But anyway, now that he's not going to be president, he is going to enter into a long period of contemplation about what his next move should be, where he's going to put his political influence. No, I'm kidding, of course, that's not true. Take a look at this. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America first candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're gonna do the right thing for this country. Again, this is such a comical presidential bid. Now he has your full endorsement. He had your full endorsement before the Iowa caucus. You were running for Donald Trump. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone run for another person to be president, but that is what Vivek Ramaswamy was doing this entire time. This is the most obvious thing in the world. The only thing perhaps that's not obvious about it, which we'll get to, is how he managed to clown himself even more than I imagined during this process. But Brett, he's out and hey, what do you know? He's supporting Donald Trump. God, I hope Vivek Ramaswamy's wife is in on it. 
Because otherwise, he's like Andrew Tating her. Is that weird that that's all I was thinking? Is she standing next to him going like, mm-hmm, very thoughtful. Is that one of those like, oh, I'm so sad because like, you know, God, my Andrew Tate style boyfriend or husband is going yeah. is not going to be the president. Or it was like, I hope for her sake, she was like, oh, I'll fake it. Like I probably have, you know, this whole time I'll fake my support of this stupid idea so we can get back to a normal life ish. Yeah. Like, I hope that's what it is. And when he goes like, oh, barring some very unforeseen things we don't want to have happen here in, in the world. Um, Vivek, people, the thing people don't want to have happen in the world is you be president. That's why you lost. Mm-hmm. You should have pulled out before Iowa. You couldn't qualify for the debates because not enough people liked you. Yeah, it's fine. It's a grift. You're part of the grift, the, the shillatory industrial complex the, that is just trying to find ways to use culture wars to make money. And that's mm-hmm. it. And I understand it. It sucks that we have so many charlatans in politics and that it is not like the whole idea of outsiders joining the political game should be to shake it up and bring it back and bring it back to the people. But instead, outsiders getting into the game has has definitely changed politics, but changed it to a more explicitly like it's just a different kind of faker than your average politician. That's the sad theme of the last 10 years of politics. Yeah, it just feels like. It's like random people who have a bunch of money are like, uh, I guess I'm a candidate. Um, what do you rubes believe? Yeah, that that's that's my whole personality. That's what it feels like. It's just 100 fake. I don't know. I don't know anything about his wife. I don't know his wife. I'm going to pay her the respect. Yeah, that she totally understands that this is a massive con and grift, and she is actively participating in it by pretending that she believes that he believes anything that he's saying. That is the most respect I can pay to her and her family. Yeah. Uh, in any event, I want to make fun of him a little bit more. On the eve of the Iowa caucus, Donald Trump decided to tear into Vivek Ramaswamy, a guy who has ostensibly just been this entire time trying to get Donald Trump elected. He uh, truth, uh, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, the best president in generations, ETC. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. I love that he's even saying he's disguising his support because again, it is support. It says a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped. Vivek is not MAGA. And then he goes on to say, this is multiple truths. A vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. He played it too cute. Well, uh, the Iowa caucus obviously didn't go well for uh, Vivek. He did fit in time to try to defend himself, saying, I've defended Trump at every step, but I respect it's like. You won't hear me attacking him or criticizing him or doing anything to defeat him in this election. I'm asking for your vote technically because I think that I, I kind of have to do that to be on the ballot. In any event, it didn't go well for him. And look, we're gonna get to sort of the final step of this, but here is Fox and Friends sort of having to remind Ramaswamy that Trump is apparently not a huge fan of him anymore. Take a look at this. Why do you think uh, former President Trump threw you under the bus over the weekend? Well, I, I didn't get thrown anywhere, but I think there might have been an attempt to do that. I'd say that it's partly because of what it was, Elon, you were under the bus. Well, look, I'd say what and, Elon and Musk and others said. Well, the bus seeing. had snow tires on it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this is, is you know, I'll, I'll, I took it in a, in a lighthearted way. But the truth is, people have to have their heads stuck in the snow not to see what's happening on the ground here. I know the mainstream media is ignoring it, but there has been a massive surge here late in the process. 
If he means to search for him, uh, no, fact check, that didn't happen. Also, why is his wife at that interview with him? Does she go everywhere with him? Can you imagine if Biden's wife was at every interview he did sitting next to him, what they would say about the state of his cognitive abilities? Um, but anyway, uh, so don't worry about Ramaswamy. He doesn't mind the fact that Trump said he's not MAGA. He took it in a lighthearted way, which is definitely how Trump meant it. I want to remind everyone before we get to the final step of this, here is how Vivek has talked about Trump in recent weeks and months. I think if you want to save Trump and save this country, a vote for me is actually the way to go. What they're doing to Donald Trump is wrong. I have stood up against it at every step of this process. I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. If Donald Trump's the nominee, yes, I will support him. And if I'm the president, yes, I will pardon him because that will help reunite the country. Trump, I'm actually being very honest, he was an excellent president. He, the reason he's doing so well in the polls is that he kept us out of wars and he grew the economy. That's the answer. So he you're not a high ball, you're not you're not trying running. to take this thing from him. Then. I mean, you're you sound like well, a surrogate right, right now. You're not you're not trying to take it from him. Utterly pathetic, and I will remind you all: the economy fell apart in 2020, thanks in no small part to the fact that Donald Trump utterly mismanaged the greatest domestic political crisis in American the last century at the very least. Um, and he did not pull us out of any of the wars. He continued it. He was continued the wars and the bombing and all of that. So anyway, he gets mocked on the eve of pulling out of the race. And now he is endorsing Donald Trump and Donald Trump sticking to his guns. After all, he just said, this guy's not MAGA, he's too cute. Tweets, thank you, Vivek, a great honor. You just, you said he's not MAGA, you insulted him. You said it was a wasted vote. None of this, this is all so stupid, Brett, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Trump, at least Trump does Ramaswamy the courtesy of like, quote, recognizing game. At least he knows that Ramaswamy is playing it a certain way. Um, but he's absolutely right. Trump's analysis is absolutely right. He played it too cute. He had all these weird moments. Like my favorite one in your montage was when Ramaswamy says, if you want to help Trump vote for me. And even the dude next to him who might be his lawyer or like a thumb got, that got hit by lightning and came to, to, to life was just like, what? I'm I'm your role boy, and I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And then Con Draper over here from Newsmax being able to just like look at him and be like, "You're getting clown stooge." And then there's yeah. nothing he can do back because Ramaswamy knows what he's in. He knew he was going to lose, and that happened. And he had to he had to tuck tail and get out. All these things are like, "I'm going to pull out of Colorado." Everybody's like, "You were in Colorado." <laughs> Who are you? And then to he's just signaling the people he wants to be his like, you know, part he, he wants to be identified with when he's saying Elon Musk. Musk himself was like, I really think that Ramaswamy's gonna overperform in the caucus. He isn't even in remotely the conversation. So much so that this guy who went to every single county twice, there's a hundred of them basically. He didn't even come close to to doing anything that would give him the, the whiff of being able to stick around. Plus, he spent 17 million of his own dollars to do this. That's so weird, though, that Elon Musk would make such a bad prediction because he's an expert and a genius at all things. He's much smarter than all the rest of us. We should look up to him, perhaps worship him. But he got a prediction wrong for the first time, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to check it, but I think it's the first time that's probably going to shake up people's support for him. 
Anyway, uh, we're gonna take our second break of the hour. When we come back, um, we've got some uh, rally footage. Michael Shore was speaking to uh, Donald Trump's supporters and uh, and also some people who don't love him in, in anticipation of the caucuses. We're gonna respond to that after this. Tell me about the shirt you're wearing. I pretty much speaks for itself. Is that something you would really like to see happen? Absolutely. Even with that crucifix dangling over it, what would Jesus think of that? Absolutely. Right. He's, been a, he's not just a traitor now, he's been a traitor for decades. Everybody knows it. But, but again, you have Jesus hanging over, hang for Biden. Would Jesus be cool with it? What's the penalty for treason? Death. Michael Shore is asking her a lot of questions already answered by her hang Biden for treason t-shirt. Uh, but I love that he's asking her the questions. If you're gonna like boldly walk around with a call for the murder of your political opponents, I think that you should be willing to back it up. And Michael Shore went to Trump rallies to get answers to those sorts of questions. I don't think that it's a great response. I mean, he he was a little bit more aggressive there than he normally is. Normally he doesn't he doesn't really push, he just tees up. But he said there, you know, you've got the cross. But Jesus didn't really seem like a big murder guy. And she says, what is the penalty for treason? But treason is not like a, it's not a divine thing. It's not a biblical thing. That's a political thing. That was not Jesus's like, like his bailiwick really was uh, you violated the law. So you're gonna get in trouble. So I didn't think that it was a strong response. I am not going to try to read into a person's body language or a couple seconds of their video about whether they are a true believer or whatever. I will simply remind everyone that it is significantly easier to wear a cross than to believe through critical thinking the religious dogma that you say that you do. Right, what do how, you think? How cool if they just start if the cross just started steaming and she had to be ah, get it off, get it off. <laughs> That's um, how it should work. Two two things. One is if if you replaced her faith with any other religion besides Christianity, I think the Donald Trump base and a lot of those folks would call that person um evil and and say that that's not the America we should throw them out of America that's not what America is about in that situation they should say there should be a separation of church and state I don't want your Sharia law running America but if it's their own set of beliefs that's that's they get a pass and they just can't see the hypocrisy in that or worse they deny it um which is even more hypocritical but I use this clip in one of my rebel HQ videos because uh, I wanted to juxtapose it to a clip of Stephen Miller, who said that one of their pitches about our side, so to speak, is that we're weird. We have drag queen story hours. Our people look weird. They're not salt of the earth American. They're psychopaths. The, the left is a bunch of psychos. And then you point out the people that go to Trump rallies. God bless them, but like. How do you how do you reconcile that claim? Like this woman is a weirdo. She's out there with like go hang Biden t-shirts that she likes custom ordered. And she's like, tat, you know, she's tanned to all hell, man. Like, you you gotta give me at least like there's a bunch of weirdos. You can't just call us weird. I like weirdos. I think there's everybody's got something weird about them that I just want to know about. Like, I want to know her thing. I want to know your thing, John. Like, what's the weird thing? We'd be a better nation if we all just knew our weird things. But like they're calling us weird. Their their side's really, really, really weird. Yeah, there. Look, and it's not just true of Trump. I think anyone who goes to a rally like this is not normal. 
and I sp I say that as a person who has gone to multiple of these rallies. Yeah. I and you too. We think about politics probably too much. You know, it's really important to us. We're following it all the time. That makes us not normal. Now, some people are a couple ticks more towards crazy. You know, and I and I do think that there's something about Trump that he he draws in interesting people, interesting folk. You know, these people are blessed in a variety of ways. Yeah, if you're wearing hang Biden, you know, or if you're wearing, you know, Trump can grab me by the P or whatever, like, you know, you're not the most normal person in the world. And that's okay. That's what our country is. It's just when it crosses over into, I want the guy who has promised to kill people he's told me not to like, that's when it becomes more of a problem for me. And thankfully, I think that that is still a relatively small group. Um, but that said, we're we're talking here about religion, and I want to get into a little bit more of some of the seeming hypocrisies in that area. Let's jump to the next video. It's not just the left, and it's not just the Democrats. It's the godlessness in this country in general. Um, when they started taking out the Ten Commandments out of our capitals and out of our schools, that's things just really started falling apart. Where's the line between separation of church and state and putting the Ten Commandments in a government building? Um, I, I don't believe that there should be any separation between um, church and state as the Constitution is written. It is for the people, by the people, and God is all part of it. So the, as far as I'm concerned, the separation of church and state is something that the godless people have brought us to continue saying. I mean, she's not like 100% wrong. The people who wrote the Constitution did not think of Christianity in the same way that she or you know modern day evangelicals do. That said, on both the Constitution side as well as on the religious side, I think the idea that these are two different spheres has been relatively well defined, both with the separation that is obviously in the Constitution and also with the concept of rendering unto God and Caesar the different things in the different provinces of religion and government. That should not be controversial. Um, I would love I would love someone to go beyond just saying when we got the Ten Commandments out of the schools, that's when things became bad. That, that, is an, that is an assertion of a causal mechanism that never actually gets described. Why is it that the kids need to see it in school? They won't learn it anywhere else. I mean, theoretically, you could go to church, you could read about it online. And also the very idea that the vast majority of conservatives don't believe in any of the commandments. They think that it's perfectly fine to kill people under a lot of different um, uh, under a lot of different circumstances. And the idea that of all of the places to make this claim, you would make it at a Trump rally. Donald Trump, who is a walking, just the dude has never seen a thing that he hasn't coveted for himself. The idea, like he follows these commandments so significantly less than people like Joe Biden. And I'm not saying that you should care about that. I personally don't think that a person's religious belief should have anything what whatsoever about their appeal as a candidate. But if there's a thing that you are implying, is important to you. The idea that that would lead you to support Donald Trump is utterly absurd. I, I have more. Brett, what do you think? God is not in the Constitution, lady. He's not. You just said he's all in it. He's not in the Constitution. God is in the Declaration of Independence, but it's not a God. It's they're endowed by their creator. So any God, every God. And so, yes, the idea of a creator. And also, America's America's not born during this giant religious awakening period. America was born during the Enlightenment. 
The Enlightenment was not a religious movement. The America is the result. The reason you have progressive documents, maybe she's confusing the 10 amendments to the Constitution with the 10 commandments by Moses on the mountain. But like it is explicitly a time focused on science and progressive ideas. And, and that's why we have the single best, you can, you can fluff yourself up about our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. You can do that. The single most progressive document of freedom to that point in history is our Constitution. So you can have that, but one of the things that makes it that way is it protects people from overreach of religion into our political institutions. You all right there, bud? Yeah, no, I'm just frustrated. Like I, I, I try again. Every time we 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 cover these rallies, I try to. I'm not supposed to, and I try not to care about what individual people are saying because I don't know individual people's lives. It is supposed to be an indication of what some sorts of people are believing. It is like doing a poll. It's not about an individual response. It's about trends, and just the trend is people. Do not expect any consistency in their belief systems. Their belief systems are a house of cards that will fall apart at the lightest breeze. It is maintained by again, a desperation to believe that you are superior, that you are moral, that you are wise. There's just there's there's no consistency. There is no desire to avoid hypocrisy. Would we're gonna move yeah. into another topic because this is a broad, I could talk about this for a long time. Um Quick, quick comment. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Yes, yes. And as everyone knows, that's Old Testament. So yep. that's the one that they should believe. Anyway, um, with that said, let's move into a little bit more from the rally. Would you rather have four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of President Biden reelected? You, you know, you don't have to like the words that come out of the man's mouth. But sometimes in life, we all need a good paddling from the principal to, to set our life on the right track. I'd like to see the repeal the Roosevelt law so that he can be a president for a lot more than four years. But we, this country needs a dictator. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. It needs a dictator and it badly needs to be paddled. There are so many different metaphors that one could come up with. I like the one that first guy chose. <laughs> so um, no notes to stick with it. We all need to be taken to the president, the principal's office and paddled. That takes me back. Anyway, um, okay, so those guys are being honest. I appreciate that. There's a lot of lying that happens at these rallies. There's a lot of saying things to get across a concept of who you are rather than expressing what you really believe. I believe those people are being totally honest. They're totally fine with Donald Trump being a dictator because they believe that the excess that dictatorship brings will hurt people that they don't like. The people who will be killed, the people who will be imprisoned, the people who will be impoverished are people that they already don't like and they want those people to suffer. So uh, I appreciate that. And also the only other reason I wanted to play that was if you find yourself ever judging another country that fell into dictatorship or decline, um, we are no better. We are filled with the exact same sort of people, people who just desperately want the principle to paddle people they don't like. 
That's it. We fall to propaganda so easily. We have no resistance to it at all. And everybody just believes what they want to believe. And if that results in the death of American democracy, they don't care. There are no values, there are no principles, we're no better than anyone else. It's hell, okay? And that's America. Brett, final comment goes to you. And then they have a shirt that says, Make America Great Again. This idea, this unprecedented yeah. idea of America being a dictatorship is in the same minds rattling around with two cents and like a, a gumball that with this idea <laughs> like that you can have a dictator and then the past was better when we didn't have a dictator. How? How, in what way? And then the worst part is when you start connecting the dots on that, it gets really, really, really scary. It's us, not them. It's they just draw a circle around the people that they think are good versus the people they think are evil. And people are born evil in this system, whether it's skin yeah. color or religion. And and it's a even more terrifying thing when you find what the value system value system might actually be, even though at the beginning it sounds like it's just you know um, you know they they want a bunch of things that are contrary to each other. It's more terrifying that it might all be cohesive. We're gonna end the show on a light note, okay? I want everyone to think about, and you tell me if you think that I'm wrong, if you think that I'm being extremist, that I'm in a bubble or whatever, or maybe I'm just in a bad mood because I haven't slept. Um, if Trump became a dictator like they all want, and they rounded up all the Democrats in Congress and put them against a nice wall and gunned them all down and broadcasted on Fox News, how many Americans would cheer? Okay, I think it's a not insignificant number. I want you to tell me that I'm wrong because maybe that will make me feel a little bit better about the state of America. But let me know what you think of the comments. That's all the time we have for the first hour of the show, everyone. Maybe we'll lighten it up afterward. We're gonna talk about Ted Cruz, that'll be fun. I get to talk about A.D. Bryant, how fun. We'll be back with that after this. <laughs> <laughs>